Season 1, Episode 5. Today I'm going to focus on five youth development assertions or beliefs that are important to discuss before we break down developmental outcomes. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Okay, okay, I know. In the last episode, I promised that today we would be diving into developmental outcomes. And as I started to plan for that podcast, I realized I hadn't yet talked about five key youth development assertions or beliefs. These are important for you and for me to know because it will help us to strengthen our foundation of building best practices to work with young people. Now, I call them youth development assertions. But I kind of see them like bumper stickers that should be on the back of every youth group van, every youth program van, every minivan driving around town with tweens and teens inside of it. You know, then everyone you passed or who drove by you would be like, oh yeah, they are all about young people. At this point, you might want to pause the podcast and go to the notes section. Click the link there to be able to download a PDF file of these five bumper stickers. Seeing things in writing in front of me helps me to remember better, and it also helps me to stay focused. But hey, if you pause the podcast, remember to come back. So here goes. Our first bumper sticker. Problem-free is not fully prepared. Let me say that again. Problem-free is not fully prepared. What exactly does that mean? Focusing merely on preventing high-risk behaviors is not the same as helping young people prepare for their future. Even if those high-risk behaviors are prevented, that does not mean that we actually prepare that young person. Fully prepared tells us we need to be focusing on the skills and abilities of young people. It means we need to be helping them to become confident and capable in making decisions, building relationships, problem-solving, just to name a few areas that we need to work with them on. Fully prepared also means that young people have developed the abilities to make decisions that can help them move forward. And it means that they have a set of skills that will create more opportunities for success. Historically, programs for youth have grown out of a prevention model with the goal of stopping problem behaviors. In the mid-1990s, research helped to push program planners and policymakers to look beyond mere prevention into helping young people develop skills across a range of areas. In turn, this led them to rethink best practices in working with youth. Out of this, a broader understanding of a positive youth development approach has grown. So what does this mean for you as a parent, a pastor, a coach, a volunteer? What does it look like for you? I think the reality is that on some level, we are in the business of trying to prevent problems. We often create programs that are structured or laser-focused on one specific or two specific outcomes. For example, look at a youth sports program. Let's say I'm coaching volleyball. Clearly, I am building specific skills like passing, setting, blocking, and hitting. 
One of my key goals is probably to win games. But I should also have set goals, specific goals, around building interpersonal skills, empathy skills, responsibility, and work ethic. Both types of these goals should matter. As we grow programs, unfortunately, we can find ourselves spending more time leading students versus truly engaging them in their own development. And a young person's involvement in their own development can make all the difference. As a parent, doesn't it seem like our job is prevention from day one? We spend our days from infancy throughout adolescence trying to keep our kids safe and healthy. The challenge as a parent is giving them room to make their own choices, even if that leads to poor choices or problems. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be hands-off with our parenting and give our kids all the space in the world that they want and that they ask for. What I am saying is that all young people need both space to grow and they also need boundaries. As a parent, one way we can foster development in our children is to be intentional in allowing that space and autonomy to exist but to be intentional in allowing it to be balanced with structure and guidance. That balance is incredibly important. Now for bumper sticker number two. Preventing problems does not necessarily promote development. Let me say it again. Preventing problems does not necessarily promote development. When we focus on prevention, we want to keep risky behaviors from occurring and we want to avoid negative outcomes for young people. So while we may have prevented problems, that does not mean that we help that young person to develop skills that would prepare them for adulthood. For example, a young person's not getting pregnant, not using drugs, or not watching pornography does not mean that in the absence of those things, they develop skills. No, that young person needs the opportunity to build skills, knowledge, and personal attributes that will help them, quote unquote, make it. When I was working in youth corrections, one of the things I most appreciated about that program is that it was not merely a group of young males ages 12 to 14 just serving time with the promise of release. No, it was a program that asked the question, How do we break the cycle of these young men's criminal activities? This program found the answer in providing a combination of mental health services, educational services, life skills building, and relationship building, all while the young men served time assigned to them. This program was ahead of its time in that it knew that merely locking these boys up was not a long-term solution and would not afford long-term change. This program understood that these boys, without development, would be in a revolving door of the juvenile justice system. So the bumper sticker, preventing problems, does not necessarily promote development. You might be wondering, how does that connect to a church youth group? How does that connect to youth ministry? Well, one of the things I first think of when I think about that question is many parents send their kids to youth groups, to youth ministry programs, as a way to keep them out of trouble or to keep them busy. They have this belief that if the young people are busy on those evenings, that's one less time that they're going to be able to get in trouble. There can also be a belief or even an expectation that while the young people are there, 
as they hear about Jesus, that will affect a change. That will make the young people choose different behaviors. Now, here's the challenge with that line of thinking. Yes, a youth group tends to be a place that will prevent risky behaviors, but it prevents those behaviors while the young people are physically in that group, in that setting. But a youth ministry program, a youth group, does not guarantee that young people will learn about Jesus, that they will take in and process all that they hear in those moments, and that that will lead them to accept Jesus in their lives. It does not guarantee that a young person is going to walk out of church choosing a different behavior. That's why I firmly believe that offering a place for young people to learn about Jesus is critical. But we also need to remember that that is just one role of youth ministry. As youth pastors and volunteers and parents, we must also be engaged in the overall development of our young people. Now, here's bumper sticker number three. Positive youth development, such as working towards developmental outcomes, is the best strategy for problem prevention. Let me say that one more time. Positive youth development, such as working towards developmental outcomes, is the best strategy for problem prevention. All my background and experience in working with youth, I can honestly say that I believe when we strive for positive goals that promote development in young people, that really is the best strategy we can employ. That impacts how we design programs, how we look at success, and even how we engage youth. And when we promote development, it creates an opportunity for young people to grow skills and motivation that they need in order to adopt a healthy lifestyle. And since a key part of positive youth development is valuing young people, believing in them, and engaging them in their own growth, a positive youth development approach naturally invites young people to be active participants in their development versus mere consumers. Think for a minute about how our society is so consumer-driven. We watch TV, our phones, our tablets. We constantly take in information and are bombarded with nonstop images. We have information at our fingertips. We order something online and it could arrive at our doorstep in under 24 hours or 48 hours. We are consumers of information and things that can be tossed aside as quickly as we get it. Additionally, we can become impatient if it takes too long to get what we want or what we need. This has an incredible impact on how we connect and engage with youth. Think about that for a second. Young people come to consume what we can offer to them. We have a limited amount of time to connect, engage with them, and build a relationship that is beyond consumerism. I've seen programs both within and outside of youth ministry that sometimes go big and flashy to capture young people's attention. I've seen adults acting like young people, talking or dressing like young people as a way to connect. I've seen adults afraid to speak truth to young people because it could turn them away or it could easily offend them. In my experience, what young people are looking for and why they keep coming back to a program or to a relationship with a caring adult is because they have found someone that cares about them, accepts them as they are, or despite how they are, and will keep showing up. Remember this, young people want us to be real. 
and not come at them with a gimmick. They can spot fake, they can spot unreal, and they can spot a gimmick a mile away. As a parent, it can seem that our job is to give and give and give a little more. Sometimes we might catch ourselves in a pattern of giving versus challenging our children to do a little more for themselves because it's easier and quicker than really focusing on helping our young person grow and practice skills. Let's be honest. In these teen years, sometimes it is easier to give our child what they want because it provides a temporary moment of joy that can create less tension or make us feel more connected to them. But it's just that, temporary. One of the best strategies that we can employ in raising our children is to be intentional in helping them achieve certain developmental outcomes. Now, that means engaging them in hard work at times. And sometimes it means that we also have to focus on helping them to shift their consumer-driven attitude to one of them being active participants. From a youth ministry perspective, as I had said in episode three, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect, in order to really help a young person grow in faith, there has to be certain things in place for them to be developmentally ready for that. That's why it makes sense to be building a faith program, a ministry program on a foundation of positive youth development. In Matthew 7, 24 to 27, we learn about wise and foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. We want to be building our relationships with young people, our programs, on a solid foundation of positive youth development. That foundation is like building our house on the rock because it will withstand the test of time, the hard moments that will come with young people in our ever-changing world. I feel like I have thrown a lot at you. You are probably still processing these three bumper stickers, these three key beliefs of youth development. And I want to give you time to continue doing that. So this is where I'm going to wrap up the podcast. Yes, I'm only sharing three of the five bumper stickers. You'll have to come back next time to hear the other two and to learn which one is probably my favorite and that most inspires my work with young people. Let me quickly share them again. Problem-free is not fully prepared. Preventing problems does not necessarily promote development. Positive youth development, such as working towards developmental outcomes, is the best strategy for problem prevention. As you reflect today, I want to encourage you to think about what these three assertions, what these three beliefs look like in the work that you do with young people. What are you doing well? Where could you improve? And what do you want to stop doing? Then I want to encourage you to ask God to give you additional insight and walk alongside you as you work with and love on those young people in your life. One more thing. 
If you haven't grabbed the free PDF file on the five key youth development beliefs, there's still time. You can find the link for that in the show notes. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.